Hey, Thriving Farmers, Michael Kilpatrick here. I have a interesting guest today, Pete Kennedy, who is a consultant and is a lawyer who works with the Weston A. Price um, Association. And he is going to jump, jump on and chat with us about the Prime Act, which is a federal law that's looking to be passed that would help small farmers be able to sell their meat to consumers through uh, more avenues and uh, be able to sell those, send those through custom slaughterhouses and still be able to sell those direct to consumers. So go ahead, listen to this. It's about a 15, 20 minute episode. And again, we uh, encourage you to go to the show notes, contact your um, Congress um, person and senators and make sure that they know uh, that you want them to support this. The more right now is a super key time as we're trying to get it included in the 2023 farm bill. So it's important over the next day or two for you to do that. Reach out, give a couple of phone calls. And I have done those phone calls earlier today. I'm not saying that they were especially effective, but we did make the phone calls and uh, reached out and let those our uh, congressmen and senators know about that. So uh, appreciate your time, guys. And uh, yeah, give those a calls and listen to Pete chat with me a little bit more about this. All right, cool. So why don't we start? Um... Pete, give me a little bit of a in, intro for like who you are, what you do, and um, yeah, a little bit about your background. Okay, I'm an attorney. I work uh, for the Weston Price Foundation as a consultant, mainly work on uh, food freedom type legislation and policy, uh, raw milk bills, uh, custom custom slaughter, just bills that uh, deregulate local. Uh, producer to consumer sales as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And you have a, a background that you've been, how many years have you been working in the food freedom space? A little over 20 years. I, okay. I started, yeah, for Weston Price back in 2003. Gotcha. Um, so talk to us a little bit about, you know, what is the state of meat processing right now in the U.S.? Well, it, it it's the biggest obstacle to having a local just a prosperous local uh, uh food system right now just to give you an e example the when the wholesome meat act was passed uh 60 years ago there were about 9600 slaughterhouses in in the country right now the the population at that time was about 200 million Today we have 335 million in the country and there are less than 3,000 uh, slaughterhouses. So just the lack of local slaughterhouse infrastructure is just the biggest obstacle to having uh, the low local food system we all want right now. Mm -hmm. And because of those limited amount of slaughterhouses, what does that mean for small farmers? Uh, it means they have a tough time getting access to uh, uh, slaughterhouses to process uh, their animals. I mean, there, there are three types of slaughterhouses. There's a federally USDA slaughterhouses, inspected slaughterhouses, and inspected means of an inspector's there present for the slaughtering and processing of the animal. Uh, there are state inspected slaughterhouses uh, where the animal process can only be sold within a state. And then there are custom houses where the animal that's slaughtered and processed must go back uh, to the owner. The owner cannot sell that animal, can give it to family, non-paying guests and employees. And there's just 
20 states don't have their own meat inspection program, so they only have federally inspected slaughterhouses. So there's a big shortage in those states like Florida, where I am. We mm -hmm. have no state meat inspection program. By my count, there might be half a dozen, maybe eight slaughterhouses in the whole state that a small rancher would have access to. Um, and Florida is a big state. Yeah, it's a huge it from uh, the, the tip of the Keys up to uh, Pensacola is probably over 800 miles. Yeah. So it, it just it, we have a big cattle industry in this state, but they finish the animals up in the Midwest and the Great Plains. So the big, um, you know, the big cattle ranchers don't need uh, slaughterhouses in Florida because they finish elsewhere, the animals elsewhere. So just what happens is you you get these shortages uh, there's still areas of the country. I was talking to someone from New York the other day where they have to book two years in uh, advance. So uh -huh. if you're processing hogs where you need to slaughter them when, within uh, six months or so, uh, that that doesn't uh, pencil out. Yeah, you're out of luck. Yeah. And the cost, too. I mean, the cost for the for the farmer is typically almost 10x what it would cost Smithfield or one of the big packers. Right. And, and just one of the things, so yeah, to, to get to the, the Prime Act, the, um, their expenses, the inspected slaughterhouses have that they have to pass on. I mean, one of these is a food safety plan called a HACCP plan. And I, I know Joel Saladin has said that would, um, you know, that alone would cut 30% of the cost if a, 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 a rancher could take uh their animals to a, a custom slaughterhouse and be able to sell those animals. Correct. But the problem is when you go to a custom house right now, you can sell a live animal among, in most states, it's, you know, it, the way it happens, it's just among a, a few people. And then, um, yeah, the, just the trouble with that is a lot of the consumers who want to buy meat don't have the money to buy, say, a, a quarter animal. And then uh, they might not have the free freezer space. So they're just in a lot of states, the small farmers and ranchers have a limited market, which is because of um, the deficient uh, slaughterhouse infrastructure, among other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like, let's just talk about some scenarios that this really starts to ha have problems. Let's say you have a downed cow, which, you know, has some sort of like uh, maybe has a cesarean, couldn't save the mom instead of being able to get that into a slaughterhouse to be able to make hamburger out of her, you just can't get into a slaughterhouse. And so that could be a problem. So those are a number of things because of the wait time, because of the cost that it makes uh, harder for um, farmers. I think you touched on something there too, the consumer. So the consumer, as you said, they may not have a deep freeze. Um, they may not want a whole a quarter cow because they just may not need to under understand how to eat through all those different cuts. And just, yeah, the consumers want, want quality meat. They want to buy direct from a farmer. And one of the big falsehoods that's being perpetrated by the people who are pro, oppose the Prime Act, which, again, will allow the sale of custom mm -hmm. meat, is that it's not safe. And um, just the Farm and Range Freedom Alliance out of Texas uh, submitted a uh, FOIA request finding out how many illnesses were attributed to meat from a uh, consumed from a custom house over an eight-year period. The answer came back zero. And um, just Weston Price has this expert 
microbiologist who works on food safety cases who found some data from like 2005 to 2020, there are over 6,000 illnesses attributed to beef and pork consumption in the country. And those are coming from the big plants. We just mm -hmm. have a, a very top heavy uh, uh, system right now. It's just highly centralized in production. Uh, there's a USDA document that indicates the top 52 USDA plants in the country are responsible for almost 93% of the cattle slaughtered. And I think it's the top 60 plants uh, account for uh, nearly 98% uh, of the hog slaughtered in this country. Wow. So it's just, yeah, you you know, the one of the big things people pay attention to is uh, food security and how, how secure is your food supply when you have that few um, plants producing mm -hmm. the lion's share of uh, the meat. Well, and I think we saw this particularly during the pandemic, and I think that's why um, there started to be some discussion on the federal level, and that's why there's actually something you know happening now because of the the plants were getting shut down during COVID, or they weren't tooled to have the right products or be able to process the right animal, and that's why they literally were dumping you know entire houses of hogs or entire houses of chickens because they just couldn't figure out how to process them as well as they were also getting COVID in the plants and having to shut the plants down. Yeah, and on top of that, there were some ranchers who were previously selling to the plants who were cut out, and they mined up, especially with the hogs, they might uh, use in, instead of just selling to one of the big processors, processors, they might try to find a local slaughterhouse, mm -hmm. back things up even more for the for the small uh, uh, farmers and ranchers. So yeah. what, yeah, what what's really happened, Michael, is that I think the Prime Act has been before Congress, this is like the fifth session, but I, it just looks like this is the best year um, for passage by far. It, this is the best chance it's had. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, the the big reason is the uh, it can get in uh, the farm bill. It, it could, you know, it's not going to pass as a standalone mm -hmm. the way things are now. But it, when it's in uh, uh, the farm bill, it it has a uh, chance. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But it, it's looking better than it ever uh, yeah. has at this point. So let's we've talked a little bit about it, mentioned it by name, the Prime Act. Talk a little bit more about like the specifics of that. It basically allows folks to bring animals to custom exempt plants. Give us the specifics of what the act would do. Okay, so it allows a, a rancher to bring an animal to a custom exempt plant and sell uh, that animal within the state in, in interstate commerce only. You can't you mm -hmm. can't sell it across state lines. And right now, the way the Prime Act reads is you could sell that animal, uh, the meat from that animal direct to the consumer. You could sell it at restaurants. You can sell it at grocery stores. Um, and I think the reality of, is if the Prime Act passes, not all that is going to be in place. Mm -hmm. I mean, the most likely candidate to get cut out is uh, the, the grocery stores, mm -hmm. restaurants maybe. But if, if it does pass at a minimum, you've got uh, direct to consumer sales. And it's not mm -hmm. only just uh, the um beyond that it, it it's also it's called the prime act stands for the processing revival and interstate meat inspection act and on the processing revival side right now if you want to sell all these value-added products 
like say sausage jerky or something like that for just a lot of, a lot of these individual products you need a HACCP plan which mm. potentially is thousands of dollars for every plan this Correct. you know selling in in the, the custom houses you wouldn't need that so it, it should even if it's just a direct to consumer sales that passes it should make it easier for farmers um to make a living just selling uh, the value added products with reduced expenses that would bring on yeah because the value added is where the real money is made yep. and we're starting to see a massive i mean like we couple carry a couple of products in our st farm store uh roan sticks is one of them and again that's a, a completely processed product and it's keeping a whole network of farmers alive producing pigs for that product so um all right so how can people make a difference how can people um help this pass well, the lead sponsor, Tom Massey, says, make three calls, you know, make one to uh, your your representative uh, and then uh, make a call each to each of uh, uh, your senators. Right now, the Prime Act has uh, 47 sponsors on the House side. On the Senate side, it's not quite as strong. It has seven sponsors, but every sponsor makes makes a difference. It just creates more support uh, for the legislation, means that sponsor won't uh you know try to uh get that out of uh, the farm bill when it's in there and just it will in increase uh, uh the chances of passage so it just, just ev every sponsor is a big deal at uh this mm -hmm. point i think in in, in 2020 when yeah just covid really drove up uh the the meat sales the prime act got up to 55 sponsors uh mm -hmm. but you know that year it uh no farm bill didn't didn't go anywhere now's now's the chance and i think another thing is just you know you Ma tom massey's been in congress 12 years now you hope he stays on indefinitely but i mean he's the champion of the bill if mm -hmm. if, if he uh leaves congress um there's just no one to pick up uh from him to uh try and get the bill uh, through into law so He's there right now. I mean, he's doing, yeah, I think he's spent an incredible amount of time and resources uh, that he has putting it toward this. He's, um, you know, I think he's done some things to build up some political IOUs owed to him. And from what I can tell, he's trying to cash those in to uh, pass the Prime Act. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so this is House um, HR 2814. So when you mentioned to your... Um, Congress person, that's what you had mentioned. And then the Senate bill is 907. Um, but if you go to the show notes for this episode, so thrivingfarmerpodcast.com, it'll be the latest episode on the page. You can see all the details and the link to find who your congressman or woman or senator would be. So you should have all the details over there. Pete, any final words? Just the, the future is now. Just make those calls. It, uh, Yeah, just keep on after him if your representative uh won't um co-sponsor co now keep keep on going i just there's um one of the people who's done a great job working for decembria patterson out of uh utah and uh she, she's been able to get all of her representatives on board with the primac one of the senators and one representative she was after for four months before he finally agreed to co-sponsor so yeah, don't okay. give. Yeah, this is the best chance. This is the best shot we have. So keep keep going. 
Yeah, don't give up. Make sure you keep on them. All right. And it's really important. I think the next couple of days are key. So make sure you do go ahead and give that those calls in the next day or so so people can hear from us right now when it's important. All right. Thanks so much for your time, Pete. Appreciate you coming on. And uh, we will uh, look forward to chatting with you again at some point. All right, Michael. Thanks for your support for the Primac. Absolutely.